0: Honest, I've always felt that the salaries that the clubs pay players are crazy and unrealistic. The word we have tried to use so many times, we have tried not to use so many times, but we have to use it. again. Shame on you. This is Sport 360. Welcome to another episode of Sport 360 podcast. My name is Adeyemi Adesoya, and the Yorubas will say, I see you, Lobo. I li, li li, yeah. yeah, the bosses are on vacation, so. I had to step up and today I'm not alone, but before I introduce my guest for today, we have to say a big thank you to all our listeners from across the world, those who sent in questions, those who sent reactions to the answers that we've had from our Q&A uh, episode last week. Great feedback. Thank you very much. Uh, we've heard you. We'll do it again probably at the start of uh, the next season. Uh, It was really nice and refreshing answering some of those questions, even though there's one that is still bothering me up to now, and that's the one that has to do with the all-time goal scorer in the NPS. We will find a way to get that answer, or I will find a way to get that answer at some point. But still, thank you very much. Remember to follow us on all social media platforms on Twitter is at sport 360 pod underscore and on Instagram is at sport360pod. Uh, you can follow me on at YemiTM442 on all social media platforms. So let's get into it. Uh, Demolo Gubana makes his, uh, I think, his third appearance on the podcast, third cap. Um, hopefully we won't have any issues with your match bonus at this point. Uh Welcome, Demola. Thank you very much for having me, Yemi. And of course, when you have to talk about... Uh, the sports where the fine arts, the fine science, there's not another person to call, but, uh, are there? And the one and only El Mosculero Tunde Koiki. today, welcome to Sports of Sports once again. Thank you very much. Uh, so, would you say, uh, um, probably hearing from the horse's mouth? I just want to know. I think so. <laughs> 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 All right. So, let's get into it very quickly. Since today is here, we'll start with boxing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for only the second time, In his boxing career, Saul Canelo Alvarez, probably the biggest draw in boxing today, lost to undefeated, let's give him his due credit, undefeated Dimitri Beaver in the light heavyweight category Mm. in Canelo's continued quest to conquer every division Mm. in his sight. Mm. What was your reaction to the fights,
1: well, um, I, had, I had many reactions to the fights, and I think the first one I would say is that this has conclusively put an end to the talk that a lot of people had been you know, banding about about how Canelo picks and chooses easy opponents, uh, people he can run over in order to make himself look good. If anybody thought that Dimitri Bivol was a cherry pick. I think they can conclusively say now that this was not the case because Dmitry Bivol absolutely outboxed outmatched outsmarted and basically overpowered Saul Canelo Alvarez and this is this is saying a lot because Canelo Alvarez is not the kind of person that you would expect to be on the receiving end of such a one-sided defeat. The second reaction I had was the fact that you know um Canelo Alvarez He's been unmercifully and very unfairly pilloried in the media and the social media about how he's not so great, he's not look, this is a man who has dared to do what every other person has not done. Yeah. Since the end of last year, this man has fought five times. Yeah. The same people that are con- <laughs> the people that are, that are abusing him and calling him I names, only fought once. All of them joined together I probably have not fought seven times. Mm. And this man has fought five times in the space of 12 months, that's that's, inc- that's incredible. That's, that's output. That's a man who, who, like you rightly said when you were making your intro, is a man who is set on world domination. This Is a man who wants that after everything is said and done, he wants to be regarded as the greatest boxer ever. This mm. is a man who is single-minded in his approach to what he believes should be the history of boxing as written by Canelo Alvarez. So, all the people that are saying nonsense, I'm hoping that, you know, first and foremost, the fact that they thought that, you know, Dimitri Bever was a cherry pick, was a cherry pick, I hope that has conclusively cleared it up. And those who are still saying nonsense about how, you know, Canelo is picking and choosing opponents, they can see that this was not the case, that this was a game opponent. Also, the people who are also saying that, you know, Canelo is, um, um, you know, that, that Canelo is not as good as he is. No, Canelo is a man who is doing what others have refused to do. There are people who are so-called champions who haven't fought. I mean, Demetrius Andrade, for example. He hasn't fought in over a year.
0: And there are so many of them who are
1: so-called champions.
0: You know, my my first reaction um, was, who is this guy? Mm. (laughs) Who is this guy? Not because I didn't know of him before, Mm -hmm. but who is this guy in the sense that I know Bivov to be probably the best defensive boxer in the game. But his overall approach to that fight, I expected more of a counter offensive than more of the offensive nature of his approach to that fight than, you know, what I expected. So I was surprised at that at first. Then my next reaction is, okay, this has happened now. What next for Canelo? Do we have a potential rematch on the horizon? Those are my two points i don't know if you if you agree with the analysis on the approach of bivol and what next yeah well for those who don't know dimitri bivol i mean this is
1: another so i think what happens is that a lot of people actually don't know too much about um eastern european boxers mm, the true. same way alexander usyk came out yeah, seemingly yeah. came out of nowhere yeah. and shocked the heavyweight division mm. dimitri bivol too is another phenomenal
0: boxer who has
1: I think, I think the problem is and that... Over
0: 123 are mature bouts. I think the problem with people is that there are certain weight categories that are not glamorous enough True. to True. watch. And yeah. I'm talking light, light heavyweight, weight, heavyweight, weight. Those two divisions yes. are not very exciting. Yeah. That, you know, people's focus is not... You know, to totally People agree. not excited.
2: I totally agree. Mm-hmm. People who know boxing, they will yeah. agree that, yes, yeah. there are some really good fighters in but there.
0: Because they,
1: they also don't have... All the flashy stars. Mm, you know, true. those are divisions that don't really have yeah. the likes of the Canelo's, uh, the Charlos, yeah, the, uh, the, the Furies. There the Furies I mean, yeah. no, are no real colorful characters they have, there. They don't have fight boxers with uh, Paper, charisma. Yeah, or uh, star power. Yeah, you know, exactly. Let's just look that yeah, way. They yeah, don't have yeah. a lot of boxers with star power in those divisions. And that's why a lot of people don't really pay attention to those particular divisions in boxing. But the truth is, you know, Dimitri Bivol is an exceptional fighter. And his game plan against, you know, Canelo was top notch. Absolutely brilliant. What Canelo always seems to rely on on the fact that his power he believes that at some point you, he will, right you. And yeah. he will catch you. But when you are punching a man who you punched him anywhere and everywhere, but he seems to be absorbing everything, especially with the with, with the, the, the body the shots, body shots, and the In the overhead. the, finger, the uh, hooks. The over, yeah. Everything this man was just swallowing everything yeah. as if it was uh
2: a banobono. He <laughs> just was
1: just going down easily.
2: But I think you know, I think one thing that Bivol has going for him in that particular fight was the fact that he's a bigger boxer. He has a wider reach. Nah, he and, kept Canelo and, at bay. And, and a lot of people are talking about the fact that he's a bigger boxer. Canelo has a bigger boxer. He has, he has. But the,
1: what people don't understand is that it's all about volume. Canelo would be the kind of person that probably, to, the worst he'd probably do is he want to. This man was, Bivol was throwing five, six, seven, eight 6, combinations. Combinations, yeah.
2: true.
1: Accurate combinations. And that is exactly what scores you points in this particular game that's why when you said the, the sweet science that is exactly what it is the ability to hit and not get hit yeah. and the ability to also absorb those punches but deliver your own as much as possible accurately that's was, that was so what true. he was doing I think it was in the 5th 6th round there was a point where you know Bevo unleashed maybe like an 8 8,
0: eight, eight point combination
1: yeah.
0: Canelo was just doing all the one seen one 2 that's what he was doing I've not seen anybody take Canelo to the ropes as much as this guy. Bivol did, yes. Exactly. Did. And Bivol's own strategy was
1: also to keep off the rope as much as possible. When you keep off the ropes and continually take center ring, you are confounding your opponent because what you're telling me is that you're here, here to fight. To yeah, you're setting play yeah. as well. I'm here to fight. Mm. I'm not running. like Because Canelo is like the boogeyman. So, his mm. reputation precedes him. So, most people are usually content on running away from him and try to stay out of range. Oh, Bivo was right there in his face as, give me your best let's shot. Yeah. Let's see what you're about. You're yeah, the so-called bogeyman. Oh, yeah, let's see what... You're... And was swallowing everything, taking all the shots and was giving back even better than he got. So, I think Canelo's game plan was wrong. I think he relied too much on his power, hoping that at some point in time, yeah. one of those shots would find a mark, maybe the body shot to deliver, or maybe one of the overhand rights, maybe clock him up. But Canelo was... Sw- I mean, Bivo was swallowing everything. So, Canelo's game plan was very, very wrong, if you ask me. What you said about what's now for Canelo I think he said what next? Yeah, what's next? There's the possibility of a rematch with Bivor. Uh He said he'd like that very much. I think he wants to correct that mistake, thinking that, you know, that was a puzzle he couldn't solve. So if he wins that, he goes back to being the boogeyman Man. Um, there's also the possibility that Beavor said he will actually come back down. Yeah, to Canelo to super middleweight, super middleweight mm. and challenge him for all four, oh, four no, that's very intriguing that's a very attractive proposition very very attractive, very attractive proposition so I'm sure a lot of people are saying they wouldn't like to see that I don't I, don't, I would that's love not to see it
0: I would love to see that possible I would love to see people come down to super middleweight yeah. and then that that just proper potentially enhances his own reputation absolutely that okay yeah Canelo stepped up to me now I want to step down oh, to him yeah. and then clean, clean him up and take over absolutely. So those are two, those are two possible matchups.
1: I mean, Canelo back, back again at light heavyweight or before coming down to super middleweight. Then there's also the possibility of the trilogy with, um, uh, Gennady. Golovkin. Gennady-, I, I, Gennady-, I, Gennady- have, I have doubts about
0: that happening I think
1: it will happen. I think it will happen. Uh, because I think there's still something there that both men it's want to settle. To settle yeah. And also it's a, it's a potential money spot. Oh yeah, of course. And you know, there's no bigger person in this sport than Canelo Alvarez. And that's why if you fight, I uh, Canelo Alvarez, you're made. A lot of people are talking about the fact that, you know, Bivor didn't get as much his due because, you know, but he still walked away with the tidy sum. Yeah. He was guaranteed $2 million for this fight, but he walked away with $5 million. Canelo on the flip side was guaranteed $15 million, but from every calculation that we've heard now, he's walked away with $53 million. Mm-hmm. After all the gateway uh pay per view, everything. So that's, so if you're talking the, the trilogy with Triple G, Almost the promotion itself is going to be crazy. So there's also Benavides, David Benavides, as well. Which um, was who
0: was the person I thought she was going to take on, mm. or one of the Chalo brothers.
1: The uh, G- that would be Jamal, yeah, uh, the one uh, the WBC um, um, middleweight champion. Those there. were the two fights I thought Carrera was going to take. They're still there. They're yeah. still there for the taking. You know, either either of Jamal Chalo or David Benavides, and there's also the the cruiserweight fight. With Ilunga Makabu, WBC cruiserweight champion. Now, a lot of people I think that, you know, Canelo is crazy. You couldn't cut it at light heavyweight. No, no, no. Now he wants no, to move no, up to cruiserweight?
0: No. He just had a blip, potential blip. Yes. At light heavyweight. Exactly. But, not that's, but that's th- I'm
1: not writing him off, but that's the thing about Canelo. He's the man who's daring to do what others, yeah. what others wouldn't do. He's the man who's willing to take on the biggest challenges in the sport. Nobody else is doing this. So when people begin to criticize him because of one loss, I find it that's why you begin to it's know it's the so-called yes. the
0: the fanboys. Yes. You know? <laughs> so uh okay, so I saw some reactions, taking your reactions and uh quite interesting, you know, Floyd probably doesn't like Canelo, so he bet against Canelo and, yeah, and one to some tidy some tidy some So um you've asked a, f- a few reactions, one of which I've been meaning to ask you, and that had, that, that came from someone that I have zero respect for, because I don't respect what it is that he's doing. I don't respect the entire, from an ethical perspective, I don't enti- respect what they're doing. And that's Jake Paul. He said that he poked some fun at the Mexican, and just like that, Kalaran loses to Dimitri to Beaver. He's on the ropes like he won. He only won three rounds in the whole entire fight. I'm coming. I'm beating Karela in three years. Can you imagine that? I think it's a huge, a huge insult on the legacy Karela has built. For this guy to have any iota of uh, right to, to say he wants to step in the same way, these guys well, are fighting. Talk, talk is cheap, anyway. So um, what do you think well, about will, what are your that. thoughts about the the whole hype, the whole hype, and the whole YouTube? If we will take, take it to something that's, uh, see, you that a really You know what they
1: say about um I think there's Yoruba proverb that says Taman Which means even if you are crying, you still you can still see your way. Yeah. You won't say because there are tears in your eyes, you step in front of a forty ton truck trailer on uh Lagos, Lagos by by West 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 West. and it's oh you know, also, that's, that's not gonna happen. Even if you are even if you, no matter how much what you've drank or what you of ingested
2: I beg, I beg, I beg to differ on okay. that. I, I've seen Jake Paul. I, I thought the guy was just a, you know, some guy who just talks a lot and all that and all that. Mm. But I know that it wasn't a proper fight he had with uh, Mayweather. Case closed. It wasn't a proper fight. But I saw what that guy did in the ring. What? Against what has he fought? Against, against Mayweather. You can see maybe that. In retired
1: Mayweather. A Mayweather yes. mm. In retired
0: Mayweather,
2: yes. I know. One. <laughs> but, <laughs> and you can't take that away from Mayweather either. What I'm saying is. Give, I mean, let's, if people want to see this fight, and it's, it's, it is going to get sold out because Jake, Crow, uh, Jake Paul pulls crowd as well. He has his own following. <laughs> at the end of the day, money is what is on the table, and this is what this boxing is all about. This, and this day. is
1: where you are making the mistake. At the end of the day, for some people, it's not about money. I yeah. know. People like Canelo,
2: they, he can so, walk away
1: from these sports now. He and can. I'm and be comfortable, and, yes. And, and but his but, but the for a guy t-
2: making mouth like this, he will want to short him up. Someone, he wouldn't want to because you are giving. He's not even paying attention. You are giving, to his.
1: You are giving oxygen to. Fire. To his, to his mm. fire. <laughs> you are giving him credibility. And mm. Jeff Paul, in this no form what has what yeah. no credibility. He's a, a YouTuber like one no. When he decides to fight someone of note, then,
0: then we'll take when him seriously. When he serious. decides to fight a proper boxer. I mean, who has he a, about? A, No, not washed, not up, retired, uh, washed up UFC, <laughs> uh, UFC fighters. Tara Woodley? Please, man. What's a Ben Kren as well? Please. Yeah, uh, you know. Well, um, let's look at Demetrius Brazil. So you said, so let's say for instance, because now he he has the upper hand more or less in the conversation. Uh, he, he's also Up upper hand but, in what sense? Yeah, he's he's become more of an attractive proposition for, and he has won the first one now. as well. Yeah, yeah,
1: sure.
0: Not just Canelo now. Oh yeah, yeah, right. True. Where do you think this will take his career? in the next one to two years. Now, note that he's not a knockout specialist. No. He only has, uh, I think, just over 50% knockout uh, percentage. in, in mm-hmm. knockout percentages in the number of professional fights he's had. But how much of a rise would this result earn him, you know, in the grand scheme of things?
1: Yeah, I mean, you've taken the biggest scalp in boxing. That basically catapults your career from... From ground level into the strategy. Yeah, but
0: we've seen people do that before. and it was a flash in the pan. Yeah. Buster Douglas, uh, a sim man. Does Dimitri Beaver look like a flash in the pan? <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. This is
1: a man who has solid boxing pedigree. We've talked about the fact that he's had 123 amateur fights. We've talked about the fact that he's a legitimate champion at line heavyweight. And in that same division as well, he also has the dangerous uh, Ator Betebev. Uh, to fight as well. Yeah. He uh, defeat Smith in that, when all unified, um, fight. I mean, there's all the marbles to fight for all four yeah. belts. That's, that's an Eastern, that's, a, that's a Russian showdown. Mm. So that's another huge fight for him as well. So he's also, he also has star power now. He's also a main, I mean, his negotiation power also increases as yeah. well. Uh, if he decides to take the rematch with uh, Canelo, he's definitely not earning five million, he's earning <laughs> much more of, than that. Mm, you
0: know, so,
1: beauty. but, so it, this has really, really put a big, big, do I say he has put
0: rockets under his feet? Well, from the square ropes to <laughs> to the basketball courts, unfortunately, there is no form of uh, exchange of blows in the basketball courts. But however, with the scenes that have happened in Nigeria over the last one week or thereabouts, it's shown that maybe, maybe we should have had an issue where Blues should have been exchanged on the basketball court. So what am I talking about? Last week, the sports ministry, through the presidency, in all their wisdom, decided to withdraw Nigeria from international basketball for two years. Let me quickly, let me just read part of the letter. The uh, Federal, Federal Republic of Nigeria, Office of the Permanent Secretary Federal Ministry of Sports, Basketball. President Buhari approves Nigeria's withdrawal from international competitions for two years. Following the unending crisis that have plagued and nearly crippled the development of basketball in Nigeria, President Buhari has approved the withdrawal of Nigeria from all international basketball competitions for a period of two years, with immediate effect. Mm. The withdrawal of Nigeria is in order to concentrate efforts by the government Towards revamping the sport, please take note of certain aspects was, of this mm-hmm. letter. Revamping the sport from the grassroots as well as domestic leagues, which have become moribund. This was also this was also allowed for the setting up of an interim management committee to oversee the management and development of the domestic basketball leagues in Nigeria, and to further address other related issues and development and advancement of the game in Nigeria, according to the government. Accordingly, government intends to utilize this period of break to address all contentious contentious issues among stakeholders. The terms of reference and membership of the Interim Management Committee will be announced in due course. I can imagine the amount of lobbying that is going on now (laughs) to be on that (laughs) some (laughs) will call it horse
1: trading me I'll call it livestock trading because (laughs) right now they are trading everything
0: from from goats
1: to to cattle to camels and everything so what was your first
0: reaction when you heard you know this um, this piece of news Uh,
2: like we've been saying here for a while now uh, or like you and uh, Deji have always been saying um, I I think at the end of the day the athletes get to bear the brunt of all this madness happening in Nigeria uh, a little, um, insight into how all this, you know, transpired and got us into where we are now. Uh, it all happened in, I think, 2017, when yeah, 2017. You know, there's supposed to be a constitution and some people wanted, wanted life, uh, uh, what's what what now? Continue, you know, for life, life, life presidency. While some wanted, just uh, to perpetrate themselves, you know. And then some wanted a, a two-term of four years. Why would you want to sit somewhere and and say you want to be there for life and 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 you know? I, I just feel like and FIBA advice. Okay, go do an election. Why have power, uh you know, elections? And this is why I, I felt the military sports will have come in, and you know, all the losers then because. To what it has developed into now, it doesn't suit anybody, especially the players who, who you know who are the ones suffering, you know, from all this madness going on. So uh, it, it's really sad. Uh, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I'll say this is a welcome development, saying that uh, two years, if they've said, you know what, all the guys there before, you know, just just step aside, let's get maybe new technocrats, new people, new faces, all those people who say they have the interest of the sport, you know, at heart. Obviously, they don't. Because if they do, it won't delve into what it is right now in Nigeria. So, um, to make, so let's
0: look at this from this perspective. So on the domestic scene, yes. More or less comatose. No, nothing has really happened. Nothing of note has happened. Uh, even though the MBBF, you know, set up did some kind of, uh, abri league that Rivers Rupas won. And then they were in line to potentially go for bar. And then all of a sudden, all this madness happened and FIBA had to, you know, they put us out of power. And I think that that was the point where we should have realized that something bigger was on the way. It was like a script had been put, put together. My, my take is, and, and my question to you is, if you we were serious about developing the sport, which is part of what they put in that letter, the moment these issues had come, taking into consideration that in the early stage, the current post of Sunday diary and Moussa Kida seemed to be in in really good terms. So what changed? What changed that all of a sudden, himself and Moussa Kida seemed not to be in good terms and all of a sudden, this sports minister was now looking to organize another election separately before Musa Kida's faction went to be named. To do their own election, so we've had two elections, no, oh, four elections, <laughs> four elections in space of eight years.
1: Look, to be honest, I mean, um, the the very genesis of this pro- of this problem has nothing to do with any other thing apart from the fact that there are two massive egos, yeah, on com- on opposing sides, mm. and these two implacable adversaries have refused to concede. Or yield to the other in the, history, in a, in the bigger interest of Nigerian football. And because Nigerian of, this, basketball, oh, sorry, Nigerian basketball. And because of this, this is now the point where we have reached. Mm. You're asking me what happened that led to some the kind of the breakdown, uh,
0: of the relationship between, uh, to start the, start start start, the president
1: of the NBBF Musaki that nothing more happened other than what we've always seen in Nigerian, the Nigerian polity, undue pressure and that is being brought about by one, par- one party who has access to, so I say, people in positions of power. Mm. And when people start using this undue influence to influence things, we know exactly what turns out and it never turns out for the good. Remember many years ago when I think it was a Nigerian-based, a Nigerian-owned uh, telecommunication company that wanted to sponsor the Nigerian Professional Football League. <laughs> you remember that story? Yeah. I, I wouldn't name the company, but you know them. I'm yeah. not sure a lot of remember that company. It was a South African-based telecommunications company that was in the lead to sponsor this particular competition. But the Nigeria-based company, using its political and uh, political contacts, went to the National Assembly and the presidency arguing their case that look, we're a Nigerian company, we should have right of first refusal, Mm. that these people are aliens, they don't know anything about Nigerian football. That was how they They were set us back a few years. years, And that is why we are where we are till today. And this is the exact same thing that has happened. I don't for one second believe this statement by the Nigerian government that they are doing this for altruistic for altruistic reasons. Mm-hmm. And they are, name one sector in this country that government has so called intervened and turned around for the good. Name long, one.
0: None. Education.
1: Remember. Zero. Um, power? power. Zero. zero.
0: All we'll gas? Zero.
1: They say banking and Sports. finance we call it consolidation and everything. We are That's having, just mm, private. That's private. But it is still... So when government comes out and say these kind of things, I'm just laughing. It's because it's the hand of Vissor and the voice of Jacob.
0: <laughs> you know, it's also amazing that in, in that letter, they're talking about developing the sports in the grassroots, but you've never shown us all that time mm. God bless time the programs that you have to develop. The nothing at all. Look, what you've had is you've had people like Masai coming come to, to Nigeria do... building basketball courts across... All See, this is a
1: no-hanging fruit. In any proper society, the Nigeria Ministry of Youth and Sports and the Nigerian Ministry of Education should be working hand in hand. Yeah, I went to I went to the Obafemi Awolowo University. Anytime we are playing for the school or the school team or whatever, you dare not go in the competition. You say you are going to play Nuga qualifiers. If you go, they are going to fail because your professor will come and tell you. Did your parents send you to come and play so football, football or professor education? It just shows you the disconnect that we have between sports and, 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 and education. education. These are things that the Nigerian government, if they were truly interested in changing this, would have done from the very grassroots. Make sure that there's a proper synergy between education, the education sector, and and, and the sports sector. Name one one competition that has survived this test of time. Is it Principal's Cup? Is it uh, all all the youth fund? Is it... uh, Name Nama's Cup. Name one. Name one that has t- stood the test of time that is at least twenty years old in this country. No one at all. No, I was no, going no to
0: chip in, but you you killed it by saying twenty years 20, old. Twenty yes, I'm, I'm <laughs> even taking it from the base. Same one. Do when, you the think, comes, sorry, yeah, when the government comes out when the government and comes out
1: and makes this kind of statement, yeah. it, 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 it I just laugh because I know for a fact that nothing is going to change. Okay. We are going to go for two years and come back because I do, nobody, not one person. And I'm going to uh, do you trust this statement? I don't trust. Do you trust us. this statement? Mm.
0: Hmm. None of us. That's three of us here. <laughs> My first reaction was more like a case of throwing the baby and the bathwater, you know, away. But at the same time, do you think that this position that has been virtually taken? Do you think that the the clamor and the um the whistleblowing that was done by the, the Tigress hmm, played a huge role? in the breakdown in relationship with Absolutely. Musakira and Absolutely Solidarity. Absolutely.
1: I, I I honestly believe that we played a major, a major part. Because f- first and foremost, it, it completely, completely discredited the 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 Federation. Mm. Completely. You know everybody thought that the Federation was well run, that everything was being uh, going on honky dory. But when the girls came out as like they did, made it a global issue because this was not only being reported in Nigeria, it's reported across it Africa totally and across yeah. the world completely discredited the Nigerian Basketball Federation as led by Musa Kida. And when you have these kind of things, you know, consider, uh, also with the, the protracted crisis that I've been having for over half a decade now. And all of these things, all of this thing was precipitated by that sponsorship.
2: Was it, was it, yeah, Quesi, four, was it $4 million? Yes. I, I can't remember, I can't remember the what it was. was it two, two, $2 million. Dollars, $2 million uh,
1: sponsorship by Quesi that came in at that particular point in time, at that particular point in time, the, the Tejani Omar board was supposed to leave and hand over to the Musa Kida board. But the thought of leaving that one chest mm. in the hand of my bitterest enemy was never going to sit down well with anybody. They, and down the... down well, hold on. And remember, This also spread out to the Olympics, whereby there were kids that were supposed to be given to the Nigerian basketball team. They couldn't take it because it was another, fair, another, another faction. faction. Yeah, true, true. Was the mess was so just too much. If you ask me, I think the government was their hands were forced. At some point, you have to step in and say, "Look, this this madness has to stop." Now, now the problem back, here is yes. that this is not for the altruistic reasons that it you is are now not. Going it is do. not. It
2: is not. Now, what I'm thinking is, is the government trying to get back, you know, other girls for coming out saying what you know what what they said, seeing that they're supposed to be going for a competition really soon. The same thing for the the, the tigers as well. And now coming out and saying that uh, you know uh, we are withdrawing from basketball. I wouldn't, really pa- I
1: wouldn't
0: really pass this
2: government honestly. But there was a story
0: that's, that that I, well, I read somewhere that the players themselves have, have threatened that they will go to those international competitions and then boycott the games to add to the embarrassment mm-hmm. and that this situation is one mm-hmm. of the reasons why so the government to take wow. this action so you do embarrass
1: Nigeria. You told me the first time. Recall that the Nigerian national football team won the Africa Women's Cup of Nations. Wasn't it in, in Namibia? I think it was Namibia also. Yeah. And refused to get onto the plane. Saying that until they paid all their bonuses. Yeah, but they... this is different. They're saying they will go to the competition and not play the game. What then? is the difference? It is still a Nigerian national team bringing attention to what should be a domestic scene on a global scale. Mm. <laughs> Who is the other one in, uh, in Bingo and Lucky? Mm. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, My judge, Bingo and Lucky? That's the truth. There's no difference in both of them. All I'm just saying is that, look, these Nigerian national teams, they have suffered a lot. They have. They be it have. in athletics, be it in basketball, be it in football, be it anywhere, they've suffered a lot. A lot of these athletes have endured tremendous brutality at the hands of um officials. And it was just a matter of time before this thing spilled spill, spill over. And the said, look, this thing that you're doing for basketball, this is what you should be actually be doing for football. football. Football is the bigger sport. <laughs> football, Everybody thinks that football is being well-run. It is not it being well-run. It is not. We no, have a domestic league that is basically comatose. No, no, no. It's not comatose. It's, because it's just organized sets.
0: Oh, okay, no, no,
1: thank you. Because they're playing matches week-in-week, week, doesn't mean it is well-run, no. We still see ma- all the problems that we've seen in the past. They, are, they see yes, like they're wearing the these clubs know. are still being playing because the vast majority of them are government clubs, and they still need to justify their allocations that they are getting on a monthly
0: basis. That's why they are playing. You know, my my worry still, like we said time and time again, continues to be the players. Especially those on the domestic scene, mm-hmm. um, the opportunity that the Bas- Basketball African League offers to. Our domestic players is quite huge. It is. And it's very painful that Nigeria, you know, didn't participate in the current ongoing one. And these players have more or less, you know, lying fallow. And then you're saying that they're going to stay that way for yes. another two years. And it's amazing that this is a sports minister that came in under the umbrella of, you know, sports is big business. <laughs> business of sports this, business of sports that, they came together, did the Nigeria sport business plan, whatever, whatever, you know, and then he's the minister that is at the forefront of putting a particular sport in complete
2: comatose. For the next two years. For the next two years. And these are guys I, who have families to feed as yeah, well. These I, are livelihoods. I,
0: I thought that he's coming bring a, a bit more maturity much more, um, how do I put this out? Better conflict resolution, more personalism, more, pro-
1: but, but it seems but, like it's just the, the honest truth. I'm sorry, um, I'm really sorry. I, I just, I'm just this, this, I'm actually sweating because I'm so angry, <coughs> and it's because of the fact that this problem has remained intractable because the people who are involved have refused to back down and the government itself is not doing exactly what's supposed to do. Yeah, don't get me wrong, the sports minister was forced to act at some point, he had to act because. This has gone on for far too long. It's far too long. What he has done, is this the best thing that he could have done? I disagree. Yeah. It's very simple. These two government, when, who wants to argue with the government? Who has the power to go up against government? Yeah. It's a question of calling the two factions and say, look, for this reason of bringing the sporting into disrepute as you have done for the past five years, the entire board, both these, the two factions, all of you are banned for the next 10 years. Mm. Who is going to argue? Who is going to go to court? Who wants the courts? Is it not the same government? Mm-hmm. You want to go and cont- fight the, the government in the government-owned courts? Mm. It's very simple, but you can't do that because one of the parties involved is a key member of this same oh, government. Of the same yeah. government, exactly. And that is what is causing all
0: this nonsense. You know, DJ said before on the show that you know he feels that if these so-called warring parties really love the sport as much as they say because they right. are both taking this you know taking the back seat and saying you know what for the love of the sport for the good of the game and it's not money yeah. it's not money because the two people involved they are both of that them were, f- yeah. very, very of comfortable people, individuals
1: yeah very, I mean, you don't become the permanent secretary in the presidency, and still in this Nigeria, mm, say be counting the uh, twenty-five thousand Naira. I mean, that's not your problem. <laughs> or you can't be, you can't have reached the, the level of a director at say, a major, I mean, yeah. or a major oil company,
2: or international oil major. maybe, maybe not them in particular. Maybe those, you know, not those two people, but the, their supporters. You know, people who, uh, like your Bible say, are regenerated the budget. You know, maybe these are the people, honestly. <laughs> I think today, yeah, while we, we we're telling the show, at the end of
0: this recording, the title of the uh, podcast, <laughs> we'll call it the Yoruba Proverb Edition, <laughs> because from the beginning we're <laughs> be just tossing Yoruba. No, proverb. No, because it's really sad. In
1: case of that proverb, let me let me reemphasize on uh, it. The proverb is actually no <laughs> lucky." <laughs> so <laughs>
0: <laughs> so she'll take notes. She is our producer by the way. Shout out to she. She will take the title of this podcast, Europa Programme Edition. Okay, so I think we're unanimous in saying that um we don't see any positive none any positive change none. happening with this two year hiatus none. that basketball will take. Um in the words of Digi Yumatebo, shame on you. Shame on, uh, okay, that is my own word, but seriously. Shame on the sports minister. Shame on the guys in the presidency if we can't resolve an issue in-house. It's a small family shame problem. On the World
1: factions, the shame, on on shame on the war factions. Shame on them. everybody. Shame on them. Shame
0: on all of them. Shame, shame on shame them. Maybe shame. Because these players, we continue to forget the impact that sports
2: has in solving societal issues and just when are uh, the tigers and the tigers are doing, are so, doing well so well and we well. are looking to get you know internationals to come and represent you know Nigeria you know to go for competitions it's, you know um, there's a um, is he, um basketball world cup coming up later this year yes, or next there's year or the tigers for the in Australia. It as well? it's just really sad <laughs> i'm
1: just hoping that this doesn't affect nigerias basketball program because the honest truth about it the honest truth, truth about it is the future of Nigerian basketball is not in Nigeria here. It's in the United States. Oh, yes, it is. But... As far as... We are back but on, the, because the conveyor belt the starts, starts, from from here, starts from here. Not necessarily. It starts from here. No, it starts from not here. Not necessarily. Name how many of how many Nigerian players have moved from the Nigerian system here, whether professionally or from the high school system and have made it to the NBA. Name how many. Precious Achua. How many? Hey, that's one. Uh, that I, I
0: I feel thinking, thinking, uh, what I'm saying
1: is that the outli- they are just these are the outliers, they are the exception to the norm. Yeah. Because in Nigeria here yeah, you tend to pick up the sports at a much later age. What, yes, twelve, fourteen, fifteen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And in America, these kids are picking up a basketball at four or five. Yes. They true. have a what? Ten year head start on you. Yeah, true, true. And they also live in a society whereby sports is sport is basically like breathing. It yeah. is, so, it is. And they it will is. always continue. And that's why the vast majority of the players in the Nigerian men's and na- women's national basketball team now, if we're talking about the, the top the top teams, both of them, are players who are born and raised in the United States. That's true. Yeah.
2: And the way Africans are taking over the NBA now, you know, three Africans. See, are uh, you
1: talking about Africans? Talk about the way Niger- Nigerians are still migrating to North America now people have left for uh, the US and Canada in the in the last how many, how many years? They are the ones that will give birth to the next generation of Nigerian oh, players that yeah. been play for the Nigerian mm, national team. True. So my problem is how this will not affect their wanting to play, play for Nigeria. For Nigeria. Yeah.
0: Do they really want I to come to Africa
1: and want to be involved in all, this? all this
0: messy stuff? Yeah. Yeah,
1: I, I, but I, I, think, I still think Nigeria will still be an attractive destination for a lot of them because I mean, all of them can't play for the US. All of them can't play for the
0: US. You still get to go for for the Olympic Games. Uh, So, if I'm talking about messy situations, you know, you can't. If there's one federation that loves (laughs) messy situations, it's the Nigerian Football Federation. Another Mm -hmm. messy situation, (laughs) Ray's ugly head when former Super Eagles coach, uh, I would never use that term, technical advisor. <laughs> I think it's a very ridiculous term. Whoever came up with that term.
1: That's
0: what came up with, in the late 80s oh. Yeah, it came out in eighty about uh, 87, 88. When we, are, when we appointed Malfred Honor Hona, yeah. Oh, no, For a so. uh, route to Maroc mm-hmm. eighty eight. That's when somebody came up with that fantastic term, technical temp- advisor. It's, it's, it's. And he's <laughs> and, and it's even dotted to the local league. Yes. That's like some coaches are called technical advisor. Mm. Uh my dear friend. Stanley Guma is called technical manager, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but then... Stanley Gouman, by the way, is
1: longest-serving manager. In yeah, the for some
0: yeah. Days. And he's probably on his way to winning a title. A title, yeah. Season. yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, the road to Nigeria, the LFF, to court. Debra will give us uh, uh, the details of how much we are owing the... Should I say poor man?
2: <laughs> yeah, he has milked us so far. And he's asking As for. It, because due now. It, exactly. it is due. Yes. Uh, and then he got sacked six months into, uh, his final contract. And that's why he took, uh, the NFF to, uh, to FIFA. And FIFA has ordered that Nigeria. It was asking for one million dollars, actually. Uh, after FIFA had looked at all. You know, the- this one million dollar thing, mm. it takes me back to probably, you know, there was it when he signed that
0: new deal. There was a rumor. And, and this is the problem that I have with the NFF. Every time it comes to contracts. There's never full disclosure. There's no, there's none. There's never full disclosure. So even there was a rumor that said that if we have to fire him, we have to pay him compensation of one million dollars. That means this one million dollars is asking. It's not something he took from Air. It must have been some kind Somewhere, of
2: yes.
1: contractual agreement. From what I heard, and this well, to be honest, if you sign a contract with someone, by law, that contract should be privy between both parties alone yes but in but, the case whereby it is it's, it's, it's taxpayers money that is involved you can invoke the freedom of information bill in, in, in theory yes you can do to in, in theory vo- exactly in theory. but you know what i heard or what i know from a very reliable source is that what what the punitive uh part of that contract said was that in case the man was fired uh, without uh due recourse to him what the Nigerian Football Federation would do was to pay his monthly salary up until what the. What does end.
0: jury cost to him mean?
1: Well, basically, if both of them agreed that okay, this was not working anymore. Tabulated contract by mutual, by, consent, by mutual yeah. consent. Yes, but this one was pretty much the termination was pretty much unilateral because they felt that uh, the Nigerian football team wasn't playing sexy football, uh, and they were they were basically not sure of our uh, chances to qualify for the Qatar 2022 FIFA World Cup. Uh, and so what, which that, you didn't, qualify, which for you didn't anyway. qualify for anyway. Uh, and what the contract said was that in case his contract was terminated, they were liable to pay his salaries up until the end of 2022. And I found $60,000 per annum, which was $50,000 $50, $50, per annum. That's not, that's not up to a million dollars. It's not. If you pay for one year, that's what, uh, that's just $600,000. Yeah. So I don't know where they, where everybody got with the $1 million from. And that also was the major disinformation in in Nigeria. Yeah, I mean, he but he's also everywhere. asking for all million dollars. He was asking for punitive damages because you know he he felt he was unfairly dismissed. He had he had met all his targets that he had that he and the federation had You're signed on, up yes. to that point. So if there was no reason to terminate his contract, I mean, I felt he was well within his rights to ask for some kind of damages or compensation.
0: Yeah, but uh, so do, how, how do you respond to? The NFL president is saying that, you know, um he's been paid part of the money and it should be deducted from what FIFA have now said that it should how much we should pay him again? Three seventy seven thousand $7, dollars. Three seventy-seven thousand. dollars. Okay, yes. so more or less it, it still kind of tallies with your calculation. And the the NFL president mentioned how much we have paid him?
2: They basically paid him half of what they were supposed to pay him for 2022. But they paid him in Naira. So they are asking that uh, FIFA a- allow them to come back. You N- see, uh, that's the problem
0: I have with this LFF. If you're trying to, they say he who comes with equity must come with clean hands. Clean hands. Yes. If you're trying to jettison or counter what he's saying or the judgment that you have, mm-hmm. you should come with more or less full disclosure and say, we have paid him a hundred million Naira, which is the equivalent of XYZ, thousands of dollars. So, in essence, you should deduct that from... But you just can't say into the air and say, oh, we've paid in part of the money,
2: oh, so it should be deducted. You know, I I don't think that makes any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But FIFA has uh, the final say here and they've asked the uh, Nigerian Football Federation to pay this bad. I I think they gave us a a 60-day period. Yeah. And the laughable
0: thing FIFA said was that... uh, if we don't will pay, we told, yeah, they we, we, we told our uh, develop, I say development money that we don't use to develop the
2: first instance anyway. What going to pay? But then they are saying that FIFA should allow them, you know, uh convert what they have paid him so far in naira to dollars, and then deduct that from this money he's asking for. If FIFA will to this request, we don't we don't know. And some people are saying that uh, the man is being ungrateful. That uh, I mean, General Raw that is that you know. More or less, Nigeria, him coaching Nigeria kind of raises his is a, is a profile, you know, as a coach. That way was he coming for before? He was making loads of money. But then the, the, the question was asked, uh, that is this a demonstration of the worst form of ingratitude by General? I, I think not. If you are, because we are not privy to uh, the contract details and that's why you know, some people are saying what they are saying. Bruce. If you were to be privy to such information now, say okay. Maybe he's being an, an ingrate or whatnot. Bruce. But if it is, I mean, something you guys signed as a contract, it's binding. There's no You have to pay this man off.
0: There's no sentiments in business. There's, you signed a contract with a man.
1: Anybody who that this is... is, is it's I mean, that's bollocks. <laughs> it's not a He's hippopotamus dung. If you <laughs> <I> ask <laughs> me. I mean, look, it's very clear. Mm. We signed a contract binding on both parties. There's only Nigeria here that you feel can we have. you say okay, so so it you know, so be it's kind impunity, of impunity. It's exactly. impunity that we have that you can fire somebody or do and something not, and, a, and, and, then no, and no, expect that there'll be no, no repercussions, exactly. no compensation, nothing. This is a country where you work for someone for how many years and he'll fire you tomorrow. And, and, that's, next, it, and that's and yet. that's the end. You now be rushing to the Nigerian Industrial Court and hoping that you know somebody can save you because as if, deep, little little Nigerian because, because we know that there are no repercussions for this kind yeah, of matter, no, consequences. Yes. no consequence. So but unfortunately, for the Nigerian Football Federation, this is not Nigeria, it's not Nigeria. This matter has gone beyond Nigeria, it has been taken to
0: FIFA, FIFA. Mm-hmm.
1: and FIFA will adjudicate as it deems fit. It will not adjudicate on Nigerian laws, it will look at it on its own, on by of its own standards it that you sign a contract with a foreign national to coach your national team mm-hmm. for a certain uh, certain uh, benchmarks for a yeah. but you now jettisoned him unfairly you are liable to pay compensation but why are we on... like
2: this in this country because
1: every like... contract that you sign within, within every national team is filed with FIFA mm, so they course. do know they do know the
0: details no you know you know on, on the local scene every year players move from club to club teams sack 10 20 15 players Every year, no compensation. So we always think that because there's no consequence for us, we, we can always it get away with on the it on the international. So, but FIFA have been good enough to always ensure that at that least remind us that, look, the law is the law, you guys I signed a right. deal and you have to keep to it. Um, for me, what is interesting is that, look, we, we, we wasted like a month to get rid of, getting like a whole month. In that one month period, we could have, you know, come to a point where we realized, okay, this is how much we hold this guy. Guy, let's sit on the table, let's have a conversation. This is how much we are going to pay you. Agree, in agree, we will come to a conclusion and we will sign off. Not that you will go dilly-dally, this rumor is been fired today, It's not And then, months later, we're still having this conversation mm. about him not being fired. Now, we're now, now at this point, about to, mm. is about to, no right well, or we've yeah. appoint, more or less appointed a new coach. After wasting so much time, he's going to earn, you know, I, I, 70, I can't wait for I can't wait for the guy's first press conference because this will let me know how to pronounce his name. Um, it's Jose Pesero. 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 So he's expected to earn seven thousand dollars per month, um, from which he will pay two of his assistants. Uh, this is our intern, don't believe. He's put to the Nara equivalent. Okay, you have to be thinking in dollars. So. Um, Is expected to like this. We do (laughs) so. so You struggle to pay somebody $50,000. Now you've hired another person and you're going to pay him $70,000, 20k on top of that, $20,000 extra. You haven't, like I said, this was the NFL president has told us that the NFL is 90% solvent. Yes, so we should not worry Mm. about how this man will be paid. Mm. But what is intriguing is some of the things that we have read as part of the terms of his contract. Pesaro is expected to watch 60% of the domestic league as he has been mandated to discover homegrown talents for a national team. that his job. Uh, Pesaro turned uh, to be the cheapest option amongst all the other coaches. Of course, in humidity, we always go for the cheapest option because for the uh, hire high-caliber coaches high-caliber We can coaches, them, can't do a lot the nonsense afford. that we do. I not forget uh, that did. this same Jose
1: Passero, we heard that he was he on paid for an entire year. So I'm sure he fits right home in, in Nigeria. He knows how to test it. He, he can chest it.
0: How do we get out from another situation with disappointment? Even though we also hear that this one is based on uh, performance that uh, they said some Performance mm. indices. Yeah. It will be nice to know those performance indices as well. Oh, they are pretty simple. Probably get to the
1: final of the Africa Cup of Nations. But oh, it's not semi final. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, everybody gets to the semi final of the Africa Cup of Nations. It's, <laughs> it's pretty much standard for a Nigerian national team to get to, to get the, the
2: semi final. I got, mean, this last long one,
1: long time, the first round, which was the the, which was the which was our worst performance in thirty years.
2: Believe After winning first
1: three games, which was our worst performance in thirty Crazy. years. So pretty much getting to the semi finals is everybody's done it. The domestic, domestic coach is international coach, so getting mm. to the final would probably be the benchmark. Also, qualifying for a FIFA World Cup and making it to the second round would also be another benchmark. No, well. the
0: second round won't be the benchmark anymore.
1: Have you, how many times have you qualified for the second round? Out think, of six appearances, I think we yeah, it, uh, I think three, three times. Three so, yeah, of so, so, something reasonable. But what I still find very, very ludicrous is the fact that you're expecting him to watch 60% of the... Who's going to be game. counting? No, I'm just... What do you expect him to do? Who's He's going to be Wait. How many times we are Like I was, the thing? analogy I was giving before we came on here that you hire a, a chef, which is a who is a professional at his job. You ask him to a gourmet cook, chef, a gourmet a chef. You ask him the, to cook, this seven, seven star seven Michelin, Michelin gourmet chef. <laughs> <laughs> you, are, you ask him to cook a soup for him, for you. You are not going to sit in the kitchen with him I'm and say, put a, this crayfish yeah, or this. put that pomo exactly. or I don't like that. Shak- mm. Let him do his job. Mm. You are not the one who is going to be telling him to go and pick players for the Nigerian Professional Football League. The last I checked, you also have a substantive coach. For the Chan national team. Mm. He will be the one to recommend, to recommend. The players True. to do. also if you have and this is why we always have our football front to back. Yeah. In a proper in a proper football federation, the first thing that they do, they've set up is a proper technical department. Yes. Yeah. You know that that, that not that, that, a technical
0: committee. Two, two, two technical departments. Two departments that 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 make me laugh about Nigerian football are one, the technical technical departments. And the so-called marketing department, because I don't know what the market But that technical department and the person that's sadly with running it, I think Nigeria is probably the only country that has a technical department the that is we don't sadly know. That's probably the only country that has a technical department that we don't know what is the blueprint for or Nigeria for football. football.
1: In another country, it is the technical department that actually draws up the training manual for academies across the country. Yeah. In the te- Look, the Belgian national team already know the players that they're going to do for the 2026 World Cup. They've been tracking them. Yeah. Every single game played in Belgium, whether youth games, whether women's football games, yeah. are recorded and sent to the technical department where they're analysing players' <laughs> strategies, yeah. uh, indices, metrics, yeah. so that they're tracking players real-time all the time. Yeah. Do well, we have I'm something also, similar in Nigeria? i also
0: took to go out on a 20 and invited 40 players. Look, <laughs> no, the is that from, we are not we are because not, we don't have
1: we are, not ready to, we are not ready to play football. We are not ready. We are still playing stone age football in this part of. Yeah, we, we are
2: still playing that, you know. And, uh, I was, and that's
1: why I laugh when they say they want to, uh, us to win the FIFA World Cup. How? Competing against who?
2: I'm just hoping that our local league will back on national television where we can get to watch and see that's all those not
1: games. And, time soon. I don't
2: what? It's not. Uh, there are too many,
0: too many things involved. You know, uh, that would make that a very difficult proposition. But still back to uh, Pesero. Whilst I, I do, I would love, you know, that there's a, there's a sense of belonging that uh, the local boys will get seeing the coach of the Super Eagles coming to watch a game, right? It gives a good sense of belonging. But I don't know, I, I think it's too ambiguous for you to say, he needs to watch 60% of the matches. Because first of all, how much time is the guy going to spend in Not Nigeria? And uh, why should he be the one discovering players? I don't, don't understand. Don't they have scouts? That. No, we don't. No, let's, let's tell ourselves the truth. We don't have scouts. That's why when we try and take the composition of the, church, of the coaches that we've selected for mm. our national teams, that's why you have club coaches also assigned to the nationalities. which is a problem yeah because we we don't we don't scout we, in other societies we have specialized
1: youth coaches yeah, youth coaches who—that's their job, coaching youth players. So they understand the mentality. They understand what ex- is exactly that is required. Here we just pick club coaches, and that's why you have to look very close at a, co- a country like Morocco. What they've done oh, over the last yes. three, four years is phenomenal. It is. They rebuilt their technical department in such a way that they bought in this man, Ossian Roberts, who's yeah, from, uh, from Wales at, uh, at Crystal Palace now. To Patrick Vieira they rebuilt their football federation from scratch. What they did was that they now na- Ossian Roberts was in charge of recruiting coaches. They now recruited foreign coaches for their youth teams. In, I, I think it was a French, a Spaniard, and I think a Portuguese coach for under-17, under-20, and under-23 because they knew that this was where they wanted to go. And in these countries, it is the technical department that scouts and recommends for coaches, not a technical committee and not the executive
0: committee. <laughs> short fast, short, short fire. You know, you very, very, Morocco are going to the World Cup it's no it's no surprise that they're going to the World Cup. Yes, some will say, "Yeah, with all this, what have they done on the continent? But they are going to the World Cup. Nigeria are not going to the World, the World Cup. Morocco Moroccan is uh, in the, uh, is is the final of the World the the, yes, Cup for the third time in five years. Yeah, so.
1: uh, the, uh, Morocco will also be hosting the African Women's Cup of Nations in July. Watch out for that Moroccan Women's National Team. Yeah. They are the fastest growing team on the African continent. i. Alongside happening. South
0: Africa as well. You know. So you can see progress. And that's why I keep saying that I'm happy with the progress a lot of African teams are making. And those, not just the fact that they're making the progress, you can see the work that they're doing in terms of infrastructure development, in terms of turning out coaches. We are not turning out new coaches in Nigeria. Hmm. We haven't done anything in terms of coaching development, coach education since 2017. Hmm. And that 2017 cycle continues. continues. Well, we can go on and on and on and on talking about the problems and the use of Nigerian football, and Nigerian sports, but uh, we've come to the end of uh, this episode of Sports Three Sixty Podcast. It's been a pleasure bringing it to you. Yes, uh, the bosses are not around now vacation, and uh, I hope I didn't do too badly. No, um, as always, we always say: subscribe, 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 share, listen, and you know. Tell it to your friends, your enemies, and whoever it is that you know. Sport 360 Podcast is on all podcast platforms. Subscribe, like I said, share, and of course, follow us on all social media platforms. On Twitter, it's at Sport 360 Port underscore, and on Instagram, it's Sport 360 Port. My name is Ademi Adesia. Thank you to Tule Koiki and Devala Ugumura for joining in. Thank you for Have me. a lovely day. See you next time around. Bye for now.